people get caught with the shiny object syndrome and they don't do things consistently over a long period of time. We live in an instant gratification culture and it's a little ridiculous how we don't put in the work every single day over a period of time. And if we do, then we'll get results. In a time plagued by groupthink, a tribe known as the Millionites have emerged from the depths of time to alter our trajectory for the betterment of humanity. These are their chronicles. Welcome to our community, where every single week we'll study the craft of some of the most successful entrepreneurial leaders in their given area of expertise. We'll take a trip down memory lane, long before the millions, to uncover their secrets to success and how they've achieved their goals. By doing this, we can fast-track our way to success and live the life we've always dreamt of. So, whether you are looking to attain financial freedom, location independence, or reaching the millionth mark of your milestones and more, then you've come to the right place. Stick around to find out what works, what doesn't, and how you can reach your millions. If you would like instant access to our back catalog, visit us at beforethemillions.com. And now, your host, DeRay Olaleye. What's good, BTM community? We are back for another installment of the BTM Before the Millions podcast. This is episode 10, and I'm your humble host, DeRay Olaleye. Most podcasts, at least from what I've heard or what I've been told, most podcasts or 90% of podcasts do not make it past episode seven. And we've just hit the double digits. So I'm super, super thrilled and I'm super excited. Today on the show, we have real estate sensation and mogul Joe Fearless. At the time of the recording, which was late April, early May, Joe owned about $132 million in real estate. As we are releasing the episode, though, Joe currently owns almost $170 million in real estate. So he's been a busy guy and we brought him on not even to talk about his real estate endeavors or his real estate ventures, but more so his world famous podcast, which currently gets about 10 to 15,000 downloads a day which is crazy. He's like a, a top podcaster in, in, in the business world. And we definitely have a lot of fun on the show and we dive into how he came from humble beginnings. You know, I love the topic of thought leadership platforms because I think that a thought leadership platform is vital, vital to a growing business. And and we don't really get into a, a lot of this on the show. That's why I'm mentioning it now. But there are so many, so many opportunities that open up if you have a thought leadership platform, regardless of what industry you're in and what business you're in or, and what your role is in that business. Because, you know, for example, I, I'm an investor and just having something like a podcast or having something like a blog or having something like a, a YouTube channel or a local meetup or even even just even just a mastermind it gives you authority in your niche. It gives you authority in your space. And you build a lot of connections that way. You build a following that way. You build credibility that way. You, you know, if you're in the client service, if you're in client services, you can get more clients that way. If you're looking to build team members, you can build team members. Like there's so many interrelated things that 
that thought platforms will help you achieving your business regardless of what you do, that it's 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 almost asinine to not have one at this point, especially in the 21st century. So I think that thought leadership platforms are something that we should all strive to have regardless of our niche. Again, regardless of what business you're in, you can be you can be in janitorial services and there is a purpose for a thought leadership platform regardless. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of missed opportunity by not having a brand and not having your voice heard. I know that for me personally, having a thought leadership platform at this point has has granted me with access to so many people that can be future investors in my business, has granted me access with so many team members that, you know, that can help facilitate some of the growth and has granted me with so many partners. And not only that, but, you know, first and foremost, has granted me with the opportunity to help people who have not yet reached the status that they want to reach. So I think that's super important and that, you know, the, the secret to living is giving. And the more you give, you know, Zig Ziglar said, you help enough people achieve their goal in this world and you will surely achieve your goal. So I'm a big advocate for that. And I have Joe on the show to kind of talk more about his thought leadership platform and, you know, why he has it and, and kind of dive deep. I can't wait to get into the show, but really quick, if you haven't already picked up our free ebook, How to Get Paid to Live for Free, Please, 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 I encourage you, if you are a brand new investor, if you are a newbie looking to get into the game, I encourage you to pick up that book. It's totally free. I am the author. The way to get that book is just pull out your phone and send an email with the title Live Free, that's L-I-V-E-F-R-E-E, to info at beforethemillions.com. Again, that's info at beforethemillions.com to get your free ebook on how to get paid to live for free which is basically house hacking. Okay, I mentioned this on the last episode, but our resources page is now up. So any and every mention of a book, of a website, of a resource, of a tool that guest speaks on, we will have it in the show notes and or the resources page. So please check the website for updates periodically. We'll be, re- we'll be updating the resources page to kind of help you on your entrepreneurial journey. We'll have different sections on the resources page, such as a travel section to help you with all your travel resources, to help you travel better and more efficient. We'll have a real estate section to kind of help you get into the game. If you're already in the game, we'll have some advanced resources as well for those people. We'll have a section on podcasting which relates back to having a thought leadership platform. So if you need some podcasting help, if you're looking for some really awesome podcasting services, some of which I personally use myself, they'll be in the podcasting section. And I'll also provide some podcasting tools and some recommendations as far as what mics I use and what apps I use to better facilitate my podcast. We'll have an investing section. As I know, entrepreneurism is not for everyone, but I do believe that investing should be for everyone. So even if you are not an entrepreneur, if you're not looking to expand your entrepreneurial spirit or your journey, but you do want to invest, we'll have a section on strictly investing and what are the best ways to invest, how to invest and where to invest in this time and day. We'll have plenty of sections. So please, please, please visit beforethemillions.com slash resources to get to get all things resources. Also, we've created a brand new Facebook group. So if you'd like to be a part of our growing community, then please join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash before the millions. 
Again, this group is going to be exclusive. We're going to have tons of content that's not typically talked about on the podcast or in the newsletter or or post it on the site just for our exclusive members. Again, it's totally free. All you have to do is ask to join the group and me or one of the moderators will accept you and we'll have tons of goodies in the group for your for your clicking pleasure. Well, I think that's all for our laundry list items this week. So if you're ready to get into the show, <laughs> let's do it. We recommend only the best books on this show. With that being said, we can understand the urge to read the last book you've heard an entrepreneur get excited about. Well, guess what? You can go read it right now. We've partnered with Audible, an Amazon company that produces high-quality audiobooks. Together, we are offering, and for free, a 30-day trial and one free book as soon as you sign up. So, if you've been eyeing a certain book but haven't quite been able to pull the trigger yet, we'd love to cover the cost for you. Just visit audibletrial.com slash before the millions to start reading or listening to your next free book. The link is also in the show notes of this episode at beforethemillions.com. Hey, Joe, how's it going? It's going well. How you doing, Dre? I'm doing good. Thank you for being on the show. We're super excited to dive into your life and talk about thought leadership platforms today. Joe, you're a real estate investor slash multifamily syndicator slash podcaster, and you have over 1 million downloads. Is that correct? That is correct. I have over 3 million now downloads for my podcast. I don't think that you can just stumble upon 3 million downloads, can you? I think if you did something, do anything for a long period of time consistently, then you'll get some results. They might not be the best results. You can't really stumble on it because 3 million is a bunch of downloads, at least for me. And, you know, it requires some consistency and optimizing as you go. Okay. Okay, great. Well, let's take it back to little Joe. Let's take it back to maybe high school Joe or college Joe. And what got you started? How did you decide to first pursue an entrepreneurial journey? And second, once you pursued that entrepreneurial journey, how did you cultivate your path into having a thought platform and this thought platform being a podcast and this podcast now reaching millions of people? I never actually wanted to be an entrepreneur in college. I wanted to work at an advertising agency. At the end of my college career, I wanted to work at an advertising agency. During my college career, I, I switched majors from wanting to be a news anchor to then wanting to be a pediatrician. But then I took intro to chemistry and made a D. So that was that wasn't going to work out. And I eventually ended up with an advertising major. And I wanted to work at an advertising agency on Madison Avenue. And right out of college, I was fortunate enough to get a job at an advertising agency on Madison Avenue in New York City, climbed the corporate ladder relatively quickly. I realized that I just wasn't fulfilled by the job anymore. I was when I started, but I wasn't towards the end of it. Ended up being the youngest vice president of a New York City advertising agency, but just wasn't for me anymore. So I decided to start tinkering or what I like to call sampling life experiences. Joe, really quick, how did you know it wasn't for you? What gave you that idea? What made you say, hey, like I've been doing this and it's been great. I've turned out to be the youngest VP of a advertising agency, my life is wonderful. What made you decide that that was no longer for you? What kind of shifted in your mindset? I didn't care about what I was doing anymore. 
what it boils down to is I didn't think what I did mattered. I didn't think it had a, I was making a real difference. I was working at an advertising agency and I'm not saying that by working in an advertising agency, you don't make a difference because there are ways you can make a difference, certainly, but I didn't feel like I was. And I wanted to do something a little bit more altruistic. I went from one advertising agency that I was at for about seven years to another because I was going to be able to work on more nonprofit type of clients. And I thought that would be pretty cool as well as a, a way to give back a little bit more. That still wasn't what I was looking for ultimately. And so Steve Jobs says, if you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you're not excited about what you're doing and that happens on a regular basis, then you really got to take a hard look at what you're doing in life and making some changes. And that's what I did. So Little Joe starts off in advertising and climbs up the ranks very, very quickly. And you suddenly realize that you're unfulfilled in what you're doing, that you want to be a little bit more altruistic and you want to find a way to give back. So how do you go about doing that? What's next? Well, I sample life experiences. What I did is while I had my full-time job at the advertising agency, I started interviewing people who have had successful careers in their chosen profession. I interviewed the soldier of the year for the army. I interviewed the vice president of corporate communications at Southwest Airlines, interviewed hedge fund owners or presidents. And I was learning from the interviews, similar to what your Before the Millions premises is about, and that is, how did you get to where you're at? And let's deconstruct that so that we can all perhaps join on that journey if we choose to do so. And what I learned is a whole bunch of things. I was going to write a book about it. I still have not written a book. I've written two books, but not a book on the interviews I did. It's it's about three-fourths of the way done. But I, I did 70-plus interviews with people. And that was something that I was going to pursue after after I left advertising. But in addition to that, I was doing, I did stand-up comedy just to get better at public speaking. That was intense. For anyone who does Toastmasters, I I see your Toastmasters and I raise you a stand-up comedy. So <laughs> I recommend doing stand-up comedy if you've excelled in Toastmasters. It's a whole different ballgame. I did that. And in New York City, I performed at Gotham Comedy Club. And I did like, I think, two performances in New York. And that was enough to do. One of the clubs that I did it in no longer is in business. That tells you how bad I did at the time. <laughs> I don't think I was responsible for their demise, but I certainly didn't help it, help their success. But so I did that. And I also was teaching a class on real estate investing because at the time I was buying single family homes in Texas, even though I was living in New York City. And my advertising friends were like, how are you doing that? What's going on? How are you able to buy homes? And I heard that enough times. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to teach a class on it. And I did. And that's really what catapulted me to doing real estate investing more full-time, which is what I do. As you mentioned earlier, I buy apartment communities with 
high net worth individuals and we buy them together and we partner on them. So I started learning more about it and then eventually I was interested in, in pursuing it more and, and that's how I got introduced to real estate. Okay. Okay, Joe. I'm going to take it back a little bit. I want to talk about your interviews. You have interviewed over 70 successful entrepreneurs and this is way before podcasting. Now, we're often told that we are a combination of the five closest people to us. Do you think that these interviews weighed on your perspective of life? And if you do, how so? Certainly. When you have conversations with people who are have excelled at a high level and still are, then you'd be an idiot not to allow that to influence your direction. I taught a class on some insights that I learned in New York City at the public library. I mean, one of the things I learned is that the more you are yourself, the more magnetic you become, the more you open up, the more people are attracted to you. And it's a really important insight. And we tend to be guarded when we meet people. In some cases, perhaps that's the prudent thing to do. But a lot of times, it's important to let people in on your world and give them some, you know, some stuff about you that is real and have a real conversation with people. Because when we do, then we immediately get through to the real stuff. And that's when relationships are formed. And that was one takeaway that stands out. And that's one of the benefits of having a podcast, too is people are able to hear you on a regular basis. In my case, it's the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. So my best ever listeners, that's what they're called, they listen to it daily. And that allows them to get to know me better faster and build a relationship with me, even though in most of the time I haven't had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. And so that, that was one of the takeaways that I got from the interviews that I did many years ago that I'm still applying today. When did you officially start your podcast? It was in September of 2014, I believe. Taking it back a little bit further, when did you start investing in, in single family homes? That was October of 2009. We have a five-year gap between 2009 and 2014 in which you started your podcast. Between that five years... How did your life transpire in order for you to want to start a podcast? Did you decide to start it because it was fun? Did you have a mentor tell you, hey, we, you need a thought platform for X, Y, and Z reason? That gap there between you investing and you now having a thought leadership platform, what transpired in that gap? Very simple. I have a life slash business coach through the Tony Robbins program, and he suggested that I listen to a podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire with John Lee Dumas. I did, and I ended up starting one shortly thereafter because he recommended to me, my business slash life coach recommended to me that I start one and to listen to Entrepreneur on Fire as, an, as a best-in-class example. Okay. Why do you have a business slash life coach? After I left the advertising world, I was trying to make money and I was watching YouTube videos, TED Talks, 
a lot of TED Talks. And I came across Tony Robbins' TED Talk. Very good. If you haven't seen it, then I recommend you watch it. Just search Tony Robbins' TED Talk and it will come up. Or Tony Robbins' Al Gore High Five. He gives Al Gore a high five in the middle of the TED Talk. <laughs> I saw that. Have you watched his I Am Not Your Guru on Netflix? I have. You have? How, how, what do you think about it? I'm not a fan. You're not a fan? <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly and I, I am a huge tony robbins fan in fact i'm going to unleash the power within in florida this november and i've already been to one unleash the power within so I, i'm a huge tony robbins fan but i think going back to what i was saying earlier about how it's important to let people into your world i'm not your guru did the exact opposite i thought it was a 45 minute or hour and a half long infomercial it didn't actually give insightful behind the scenes looks at Tony and the process it was pretty disappointing okay diving into why you have a life coach why you may think it's necessary to have a life coach and how your life coach has possibly impacted your life or pivoted your trajectory in your entrepreneurial journey yeah he told me about the podcast I did it and how I came across it uh, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos and once I saw Tony's TED Talk, then I just consumed all the Tony Robbins videos on YouTube. And eventually that led me to their website. And then I signed up for a free coaching session. And then I signed up for the coaching thing. And that was 2013. And I've been with the same guy ever since. Okay, that's amazing. So so you, you sign up and you get with a coach or a mentor. And you tell him that you want money. <laughs> no, you tell him that you want to be successful. And have you pivoted to multifamily by this time? Or are you still in the single family realm? I pivoted, but I hadn't purchased anything prior to bringing him on. I was in the process of buying my first deal when I brought him on. And I was also working on other things like writing that book and... I was going to be a career consultant for advertising, marketing, and PR professionals, but I scrapped that idea after a month of no one signing up and realizing it wasn't a good business model, and I ended up focusing on multifamily, and thank goodness I did. Right, right. Let's fast forward a little bit to the Thought Leadership platform, and let's talk about some of the hurdles that you may have experienced in the very beginning, because I don't think that your podcast was always a daily podcast, was it? It wasn't. The first seven to 10 episodes were released sporadically over the course of 20 days. So I guess maybe every other day. What made you decide to change it after those episodes? And how did those episodes kind of change your mindset as far as what you needed to do in the podcasting realm to be successful? Yeah, I didn't see any results with the episodes that I was releasing. And, you know, when you first start something, if you don't see results, then it's tough to determine if it's a good use of your time and if it's effective or it will be effective. Therefore, I made a commitment to myself and I said, I'm going to release an episode every single day for the rest of the year. And again, this is around September. So October, November, and December. So basically three and a half months. I'm going to do it daily for the rest of the year. And then I'm going to see if it's good use of my time or not. And I also didn't have any money coming in. I had I had some rental homes, but 
they basically break even when someone moves. I make like $250 a month from each of them. I had four at the time. I have three now. But when someone moves out, you pay all these expenses for carpet and stuff. So I was basically breaking even and I didn't have any income coming in. So I needed to make the podcast profitable eventually. But in the near term, I had to at least break even because if I wasn't breaking even, then... So how did you go about doing that, Joe? I partnered with the editor for the podcast and I said, if you edit my podcast that's daily, then I will promote your company on my podcast. We'll do it for three months for the rest of the year and then we'll decide if it's, you know, if it's valuable or not. And that's, he said, okay, I'll test that out. And I was able to have him edit all my episodes, which is a value of about between a thousand and two thousand dollars a month. In exchange, he he ended up he got the benefit of having exposure on my podcast. And then in December, I got an advertising inquiry from one of the previous guests, and I was able to sign him up in January, so month four, for twenty five hundred dollars to sponsor. January's episodes. And that basically allowed me to break even for the podcast. And then I've had advertising sponsors since then. And at this point, as I'm speaking to you today, I have sponsors booked for 12 months out at over $8,000 a month. So it's, it's grown and it will continue to grow. Joe, you talk about how when you were first starting, you had on and off podcast, you had about seven episodes in the span of 20 days, and you didn't see any results. And it's easy to think that, oh, perhaps, you know, you may be a fickle person, and you didn't see any results. So you switched to another idea. But in your scenario, you didn't see any results. So you decided to press on, you decided to go harder, you decided to actually put more effort into it. Whereas most people, they don't see any results and they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to do something else. Why choose direction A instead of a direction B when you had no results, you had no indication that your podcast was going to do good or get any better? Because I'd seen it be successful for others before. And I knew that if I, well, I knew that there was potential for it to be successful. I also knew that I had to give it enough time to give it a chance to be successful. And ultimately, if there's other people out there, that's a great question, by the way, if there's other people out there who have done something that I want to do and had monetary, significant monetary success and currently are doing it, then I know it's, I know it's possible for me so it's more about my approach and then putting in the work consistently. And that's that's the key. That's what I found. And I mean, an episode has released every day for the almost the last thousand days. I'm almost at episode 1000. So for the last thousand days, I have released an episode and it's grown to now. You know, when I first started, I was getting like, 20, 50, maybe 150 downloads a day. And now I get over 10,000 downloads a day and it just, it's growing and growing. Let's talk about consistency. A typical day in Joe's life, walk us through from the time you wake up 
till the time you go to bed? When I wake up, first thing I do is a liter of water with a scoop of wheatgrass. I've done that for the last four, maybe five years, every single day. I've missed it maybe three, four times over those last five, five or so years. And if you want to know why, then there's a book called The pH Miracle. pH Miracle talks about alkalinity and being acidic and how to combat that. That's the first thing. And then after that, I'd like to say that I do some sort of meditation and stuff. I used to. I've gotten away from it. Now I go straight into work. I go straight into my, my, I go to my computer and I get after it. I have goals. You work from home, Joe? Yeah, I work from home. I have goals for the month that are written on a whiteboard in my office. And I also have a vision board for a 10-year plan as well as, you know, just near-term stuff. And that's what focuses me on where, where I need to spend my time in terms of the actual day. I have the mornings usually blocked off to work out at some sort of activity. And then at 11, I start my first call. It's usually an interview for my podcast. And then I have lunch to get caught up on anything else I need to get caught up with. And then from 1 p.m. to 6.30 p.m., I'll have investor calls, client calls, or podcast interviews. Okay. So there's quite a few takeaways from what you just spoke on. But I really want to highlight you're consistent every day in what you do. And I think a lot of successful entrepreneurs have this grit or have this consistency about them that many others don't have. You said that you have a 10-year plan. Maybe talk a little bit more about your 10-year plan and maybe setting smart goals. Yeah. I mean, the I approach my goals both on a 12-month and a 10-year. And I don't do anything in between because things change. I think I can, I focus on the 10-year because that's my overall vision. And I'll get specific in a second, but I'll just tell you how the framework is. 10-year, because that's my overall vision, the 12-month, because that focuses me on what to do in the relatively near term, and then every month I update my goals on my whiteboard, and that helps me identify what I need to do that particular day to accomplish those, those goals for the month. As far as my goals, it is, I've got a Photoshop picture of myself on Forbes magazine. It says, billionaires. And it says, Joe Fairless, real estate entrepreneur. And I did that because my goal is to control a billion dollars worth of real estate by the time I'm 40 years old. I am 34 years old now, and I have $132 million worth of real estate that my business partner and I have control over. So the goal is to, to get to a billion, so about... 870 million more in six years, five and a half years. You can do that in your sleep. (laughs) (laughs) You have a 12-month plan and a 10-year plan. Do you also have these plans for all areas of your life, such as your personal life? I know you're, you're soon to be married. You're engaged. There is two rings on the vision board. So that symbolizes get married. There is a stack of books that symbolizes read a book a month at minimum. There's, I actually just just got done reading 
the born one of the born books this is a little ridiculous but <laughs> that's one of my favorite movie series so i can understand that <laughs> what are your goals in reference to your thought platform do you have any 12 month or 10 year goals in reference to your podcast yeah it's to have 30,000 downloads per episode right now it's around 10,000 one other thing i'll say i do on a daily basis i didn't mention is i have a journal and it's a word document and i've been doing it now for over a year and a half it is one of the most rewarding things and feel good things I've ever done in my life because I can go back a year from now, see what I was doing that day, what I was thinking, what I was working on, and be able to see the progress that I've made from then to now. It's incredible. And it's not incredible because I'm doing anything special, which I think I am, but it it would be incredible for anyone because it really highlights the accomplishments that we make, but we don't necessarily give ourselves credit for. And it will be a game changer for anyone who decides to do a daily journal. And again, all I do is a Word document, put the day's date, and literally write bullet points. Sometimes it's one or two bullet points. Other times it's six or seven. Sometimes I'll have a screenshot included in there just to show something, whether it's a picture that I took that day or screenshot of something else. Okay. I love that. I think that as entrepreneurs, we get bogged down in focusing on the end result, focusing on the end goal that we sometimes fail to acknowledge some of our accomplishments along the way. And acknowledging those accomplishments is fuel that keeps us going, that keeps us motivated. Always good to reflect on those accomplishments and not think that any accomplishment is too small or is too mundane in which you don't have to knowledge or pay attention to, you know, it takes X amount of steps to get to your goal. And every step is important, not just the goal. If you're always focused on the goal, you may think that the goal is unobtainable because it's so far away. But if you look at your daily accomplishments or your weekly accomplishments, I think that those intermediary goals, those are what keeps you going. So I agree. The best real estate investing advice ever show is literally the only daily podcast that I subscribe to. And now I'm prescribing for you. The world's longest running daily real estate podcast. That's unprecedented. Visit joefearless.com slash show for the back catalog. Enjoy. You are listening to the Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions. Before the Millions podcast. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? Crucial Conversations. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? I lived in the same apartment for nine years in the East Village of New York City. My friends made fun of me because I lived like a college kid, didn't have a living room, had a dorm-style refrigerator, but I saved money and I was able to save money, invest in houses, which paved the road for future investments. Love it. Hey, I thought that's how everyone lived in New York. I must be mistaken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number three, who was essential to your growth before the millions and why? Oh, I'd say the founder of MRY, it's called now, but it was called Mr. Youth, the advertising agency I worked at at the time. He taught me entrepreneurial skills. I saw the company grow. I was a seventh employee. It grew to over 100 while I was there, and I saw how he navigated that process. Okay. 
Why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? Consistency, just doing people get caught with the shiny object syndrome and they don't do things consistently over a long period of time. We live in an instant gratification culture and it's a little ridiculous how we don't put in the work every single day over a period of time. And if we do, then we'll get results. Thanks for being on the show, Joe. I've taken a wealth of information from you and I know our listeners have. I'm going to practice consistency in my work life, in my personal life, and in my entrepreneurial business life. I think that consistency is key. There is no such thing as failure. If you fail, that means you've given up. So as long as you don't give up, you can never fail. And I think that's one of the major takeaways from this show, Joe. Thank you for being on the show. I know your time is valuable and we really appreciate talking to you. If a listener wants to get plugged with you or know a little bit more about you, where can they find you? They can go to my website, joefairless.com. Duray, I really enjoyed our time and I'm grateful that we had a conversation and looking forward to building our friendship as well. Thank you, Joe. And we will see you soon. Special thanks to Joe for being on the show. It was a it was a great episode. And, you know, speaking to thought leadership platforms, I think that with us advocates of lifestyle businesses that we as a community were growing and we're growing very rapidly. And it, it's amazing. I love it. And it helps that, you know, we have artists like like Jay-Z who are preaching some of the same things that we've been we've been trying to get out. And, you know, now we're just getting more and more exposure. So I think that it's it's been thrilling. It's been amazing. You know, himself, he's using his platform to kind of promote and he's coming from the abundance mindset rather than being stingy and keeping everything to himself. He's showing what you know, what he's doing and what a lot of us are doing to create a better future for ourselves. So I think that it's great. And I think that as we continue to gain more traction, that we can help more people and we can we can kind of become like a super huge conglomerate community. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. It's been amazing. We normally like to shout out off our iTunes five-star reviews at this point, but I haven't showed any love to Stitcher reviews. So I'm going to make our future review of the, the week from Stitcher. So the review of the week is from Raquel Simone. And she said, DeRay and the Before the Millions team selects great guests and shares valuable information on varying topics. Finance and investing is a foreign language to me, so I appreciate BTM for making it make sense. Each week's episode is just as resource-rich as the previous. Add Before the Millions to your favorites. Amazing, 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 amazing. I love it. I love five-star reviews, and I will continue to strive to make sure that you as the audience are getting the tools and getting the the know-how for things that you need to be successful in investing, in entrepreneurship, in mindset, in lifestyle in general. So again, thank you so much for, for tuning in and we'll be back here bright and early next Tuesday. That's all I got for today's show. So I'll see you on the flip side. Catch a falling star and put it in your pocket, never let it fail.